Did you hear that? What? What? That. That noise. Was that the horror comedy podcast? With Jake and Haley, Sundays and Wednesdays. The only podcast where we get high and try to scare you and share short, scary stories. Contains marijuana. Keep away from children. I don't like scary things. Okay? The movie Signs really fucked me up when the alien walked out of that kid's birthday party. It was less scary last time we watched it. No, nah, it was pretty still, still pretty. Really dumb, fresh in your mind. About it often. That's why I don't go to birthdays anymore. Or quinceañeras. Or little kids' parties. Do you get invited to those a lot? Kind of. But you don't, you don't have a good relationship with fear. No. Uh, I can honestly say no, I don't. Uh, they give me nightmares and bad dreams, and I can't sleep. And I don't like it. Mm. Every noise that I hear is a fucking <laughs> satanic, demonic. Satanic demon. Yeah. Do come, it, trying to come to our door. Oh, shit. At 11.30 at night. I'll you know, they would probably, not to alarm you, but they would probably just twist the doorknob. Really, right? Can they? Do they have vajangles? In Paranormal Activity, that, fake. that monster demon was doing all kinds of shit. He was like swinging from the chandelier the like scariest Sia. part of that is when they put flour all over the floor and you see the <gasps> demon's <gasps> footsteps. Okay? Yeah. First off, good. what if the demon just lives there normally and they like came into his house and now they're all like, I got these fucking white people throwing flour all That's over my true. floor. Also, I'd that guy. Too. That guy was such a dick. That main guy. He was just like always trying to get her to give him blowjobs and shit. No, the guy. Oh, I don't that was that the part. scariest part of the movie. The yeah. fact that that motherfucker didn't listen to no, couldn't respect a boundary. I feel like he was skeptical the whole time. Yeah, he was not skeptical, skeptical about. Skeptical blowjob skills. Yeah, no, baby. She gets like so. I don't know. Anyway, well, all I can tell you is I ain't gonna watch it again. No, it's so. a terrible movie. You shouldn't watch it yeah. again. You're not missing much. What scares you, Jacob? Uh, let's see. Not so. St- the stuff that scares me is stuff that I can't fight off. Like if a clown was coming at me, I would knock that fucker out. Okay, first yeah. off, clowns. I'm not gonna like seek you out to fight you. I so think you don't. should. No, that's mean. I, they're just doing well, their clown job. Well, are they? But if, if they're murdering people, I mean that's not their Aren't they? job job. But I'm just saying, clowns, okay, fight them. Aliens, okay, scary and probable as they are. Probable. The pff, Stop. Never. I'm the dad in this. <laughs> dad jokes are my thing. Get out of here. Okay. But aliens, okay, that's the only reason I own guns. Like, the only reason I own a gun is so I can kill aliens. I think those I'm aliens. I'm not worried about people coming into my house. Aliens, though. They're going to, like, eat your gun. Make no. you, like, watch them. Eat it. No, no. I will shoot them. At least they would make me feel better. But what I'm terrified of... Is you won't have any cups of water sitting around your house and a convenient baseball bat mounted on the wall. Okay. That is terrifying. Yeah. Okay. But... Maybe we should start leaving. 
Okay. We should start leaving cups of water Cornfields. Ah. Terrified. Yeah. We'll live by one. Even if there's no aliens. Even if it's just corn. I'm fucking corn. scared. <laughs> okay. But what really scares me is uh, satanic rituals. Totally. And demonic possession. Yeah. Okay. That movie Hereditary. Mm-hmm. I almost said Heritage. The movie Hereditary <laughs> did not like. Okay. That was... There's I, some scenes in that. I know that you, being the scare master and everything like that, nothing <laughs> the really scarapist. You. I'm your scarapist. You're my scarapist. Oh my god, I'm laying on a couch <laughs> and you're talking to me about what scares me. You are hello. actually a scarapist. PhD scarapist, Doctor yeah. Pretzman. Hello, how are you? MD. Tell me more. So, demonic possession. Okay, scary stuff. Not a big fan. Okay, don't like them. So, I mean, I hope there's not too many of those stories. Not tonight. Okay, good. All right, let's start easy. We're starting easy. We're starting easy. You know? That's exactly right. Because I'm more of a visual person. That's fine. If I hear something scary, I'll be like, ah, it's bullshit. Eh, It's fine. Eh. Okay, so tonight, I'm going to tell you a history of what I like to call scarapy. So. Okay, that's easy. Absolutely. And then we're going to cap it off with a few. Episode two is when I should really... Episode two shit's going to hit the fan, but episode one, exactly. Tonight, we're just going to tell you a brief history of Scarapy, and I'm going to cap it off with a couple of strange stories. Nothing too extreme. I know you're trying to justify your weird addiction to scary stuff, so. It's true. Let's get it on. Let's get it on, baby. It's getting sexy in here. Okay. So, um, Scarapy, that's what I like to call it. You deal with a lot of turmoil in your day-to-day life. You're stressed about bills. You're stressed about jobs. Sometimes you're stressed about global pandemics and not being able to leave your house. Um, So between all of that chaos, it's really fucking nice to have a short little burst of something scary that you can turn off. Something you get the sense of accomplishment for. You know, it's like you face your fear and it's over and it's done and you get it and it's really easy. If you say so. I'm about to give you a whole history here and, and try to convert you to scarapy. Okay. Okay. I'm All right. coming into it with an open mind. <laughs> That's what she said. <sighs> Continue. <laughs> okay. All right. Welcome to a brief history of scarapy. 19th century London had so many cesspools, it was actually a cesspool. There were a lot of people. They were shitting into these cesspools, which were holes that they dug out. Usually you'd keep them in your garden, but if you were poor folk like us, it would be in our basement under our house, um, like six feet deep. Maybe you brick it if you're feeling really fancy, and you just shit in it. It's a turd swimming pool. Exactly like that. Terrifying already. Mm -hmm. It was fine. You know, 19th century London, people were shitting in their cesspools. And that was okay. That was working fine. Um, so, like, societally all right. It was a really good time for everyone. And then people started doing this new crazy thing. It was this brand new trend, sweeping the nation, new finangled technology. Toilets! Exactly right. Am I right? You are right. Love them. But they're called water closets because this oh. is 19th century London. Um, so that was fine. Uh, people wanted these water closets. It's all the rage. They were draining into these trusty, rusty cesspools. Same shit we'd always used, literally. Um, There was sewer pipes back in the day, but they only used them for rainwater. Um, Waste. 
<laughs> so many poop jokes. <laughs> that was unintended, uh, but now I see the humor in it. So good. So good. So these cesspools were not built to accommodate these water closets. These water closets, they flush, and a whole bunch of water comes out, and a whole bunch of waste comes out, and these cesspools are very small. So, like, if you've ever boiled noodles, and then you go to drain them, and the strainer's too small. Okay, yeah, overflowing. But with shit. Shit. Mm -hmm. You're going to ruin noodles for me here. Real sorry. Continue. I hope I ruin cesspools for you too. Yeah, I mean, definitely won't be. <laughs> I won't be shitting in our basement Let hole me anymore. Put one of those in. <laughs> Damn it! So the other problem in 19th century London was that we had working horses. They're like everybody and their fucking grandma had one. There's like 300,000 fucking horses chilling in this city. And they I, poop on the streets. Yeah. Do you know how much a horse poops? Uh, wait. I know this. You carry the five. Add the two, <laughs> squared, no idea. Okay, so I actually had to Google it so that you didn't have to, but uh, this website, lpelc.org, says that one horse poops up to 37 pounds a day. And Damn. Yeah, so that's I'm a lot of shit. close to that. <laughs> Thank God we have toilets. Huh. So that's a lot of shit, basically, and it was just a shithole. Like, there was literally puddles of urine and shit, and there was so much ammonia from all the urine that the shop fronts would melt. I'm not kidding. And they would be, like, discolored and all that. Sounds like Pueblo. Sounds <laughs> just like Pueblo. <laughs> just kidding. So back in this time, there was sheep still that would graze the grass and shit, and they could tell how long the sheep had been there because it would show up white and over a few days would turn black because of how disgusting it was. <gasps> Were they the black sheep? <laughs> they all were the black sheep. It was just a really good time to be either cholera or typhoid. You could really get around if you were those two things, but otherwise it was just a bad time to be anything. Um, you know, just imagine the stink and seeing those diseases ravage everything around you, but you don't understand science or medicine, so you don't understand what the hell is causing it. Um, it's the lack of vitamin D. You need to stay in exactly. the sun. You need a bloodletting. Oh, you're fine. Just drink more water. Cocaine. All right. Well. <laughs> There's actually, seriously, this the way they're treating, they were treating this back in the day. Like, I want to make its own episode about it. Just shitty old time medical cures because some of the shit, like, unbelievable. But that's for a different time. I just want you to picture, you know, living that way, though, and, and having that be your day-to-day -day life and having a life that heavy and dreadful and, and filthy. Shitting in the street. Typhoid. Talking to horses. Cholera. On, on cocaine. Right. Uh, 1802. You're a 12-year-old boy. You're beat from another long day of playing Frogger to pick up horse shit from the streets, which is a real job that children had. Or you're an old bricklayer who, after working in the sun laying bricks all day, and removing moon soil from privately owned cesspools all night, which was really another well, job. moon soil? Shit. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, moon soil? That's not as they good. They were astronauts oh, back no. then? No. <laughs> Astronaut. Stop. I'm sorry. Um, so, you know, you have a long shitty day, <laughs> and your shift is over. <laughs> so you meet up with your friends, and they're all really excited about this theater. Um it's the Lyceum Theater. You're like, well, that's fucking dumb. Ballerinas are dumb. Violins are stupid. But you're wrong, though. 
Because you go to this but, theater. It's this like crazy huge white Coliseum looking motherfucker. And you see a sign that says Chamber of Horrors. Um, Marie Tassad's Chamber of Horrors was originally hosted in the Lyceum Theater. It's so wild. Um, it had dancers, concerts, chapels. One time it had a circus that like lived there or whatever. I don't fucking know. That's spooky. Really spooky. Finally, in 1802, Marie Tussaud took her turn and, you know, hosted her exhibit at this Lyceum Theater. When she moved in, she brought some pretty cool stuff, regular stuff, like death masks of guillotine political figures. Marie was a real regular at public executions, and she knew her way around a severed head. She was like a fangirl of executioners. <laughs> She's like, this one is the mauler. This one's Paul, the destroyer. Exactly. He's got big muffled. Yes. And he uses a double-sided axe. This is what we did before we had murder podcasts. <laughs> this was, I mean, it's free entertainment. It is. And if you bring a bucket, you may catch a severed head. It's like baseball. Well, that's exactly what she did. And she would get these severed heads and put a plaster mold on the face and use that to cast a wax figure, a very realistic looking wax figure. Okay. Wax museum. Wax gotcha. museum. So she had horrifying displays of guillotine political figures like King Louis XVI, Marie Antoinette, Robespierre, and like so many other people I should know, but I'm like a swine, so I don't. Yeah, basically hunched over guillotines, blood, guts, gore, the whole nine yards. Were the blood and guts real? Hmm. Hmm. I haven't tried to. I'll have to look into That's that. It's a rarity. <laughs> they pay extra for that. Extra. So there are some really neat drawings of how it looked, of how it was set up. But basically, um, from what I can gather, it was literally a museum where you walked and seen, you know, graphic depictions yeah, of these pictures. death and dismemberment. Here you go. Oh, great. Okay. Bucket okay. of dead person. chops Oops. are all the rage. Yes. Wait, is that just like a bucket of heads? or? It's Marat, who's a French... Uh, he was a politician who was beheaded in oh, the French Revolution. Here. And then we they have some severed Tom. heads. They spelled Tom wrong. Dummy. They got somebody over there. I'm not sure who that is. They did okay. spell Tom wrong. But okay. yeah, look how happy they all are. Yeah, look at all the heads. They are also smiling. That's nice. Yeah, so they enjoyed it. Mm -hmm. That's the deal. It was just a literal house of horrors. Not to be confused with the house of whores. Exactly right. That was next door. <laughs> Probably it's was. It's going to be a real different night depending on which door you go into. Could be scary too over uh, there. I don't know. Oh, oh, oh. Uh, spooky. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what the? So in the 19th century... We had pestilence and plague and filth and horror beyond the scope of what most of us will ever experience in our whole lives. But these people have that on a day-to-day -day basis. But hey man, we're living in the Corona times. We're getting there. We're um, we're halfway. But don't worry, because we also had the haunted house, the first one. Um. So let's fast forward a little. We're in 1915. The second year of the first... hundred years. Yeah, we don't have time. Gotcha. Um, the second year of the first... Wait, was was it very profitable, the House of Horrors? Uh, well, so the she... this profession. Whoring? <laughs> <laughs> no, so actually it was, though. Um, they ended up moving it, but it's, like, still a thing. 
Okay. Yeah, so it, it's actually really cool. Um, when we're done, I'll show you some pictures of like the wax likenesses. It's uncanny and very disturbing. Great. Luckily, I'm off of work for the next few days. So, so you don't need to sleep. I can sleep during the day when it's safe. Take one for the team. Take yeah. several. Gotcha. For the t- yeah. That's what she said. <laughs> <laughs> so 1915. It's the second year of the First World War. It's a good year. I don't know. For wine, not wars. Okay. Obviously a bad year. You should have saved the good year. But let me tell you about the year. England was being raided and bombed by German Zeppelins. That's scary. Very scary. Can you think of anything fucking scarier than a fucking blimp? What are you going to do against a blimp? I mean, what can you do? You can't. (laughs) You can get bombed. You probably didn't have a gun. Okay, so you can't shoot it. Apparently they go higher than aircrafts. So they couldn't... So you couldn't even... You know, the middle-class family can't afford an aircraft to get up there to... They can barely afford... What are those things? A ladder. Slingshots. They couldn't even afford slingshots. Gotcha. Didn't stand a chance. Not a chance. (sighs) So, Germany had also sunk the British liners, Lusitania and the Arabic, and killed about 2,000 people. Then they started bombing London... And somewhere between the bombings and the rations and the trenches and the government censorship and the war and the failing economy and the dismay. Hate rations. The worst. Very itchy. (laughs) I'm literally just here for dad jokes. Very good. Very good. You (laughs) could find the famous Orton and Spooner ghost house in Lip Hook, England. I feel like if London and everything's getting bombed and, you know, you could just walk into a bombed house. Very scary. And that's very scary. Not as scary as this. So this was a steam-powered attraction that this man, Patrick Collins, actually built for his fucking wife. Because she liked to be scared. Huh. Yeah. I wonder what that's like. (laughs) An honest man. Honest, honest hard-working man trying to provide for his wife. His scary-ass wife. she likes to be scared. <laughs> Who does that sound like? You're such uh, a good man, Jake. Honest uh, man. You, taking I mean... T- taking a hit for the team. I would pick you over... in podcast. Uh, that's right. And I would pick you over Patrick Collins any day. You don't know that. He could be real handsome. I looked him up. He's He's okay. got nothing on you, baby. Okay. Basically, he built her this whole-ass steam-powered haunted house as a gift. This was super tame compared to the haunted houses that we see now. Uh, the floors moved. There was air that blasted from below, and the walls shook. And it was completely dark inside, which to the people of freaking England, the men and women and children that were brave enough to go in, that was so fucking scary. There was nothing like that. The men, women, and children that just survived bombing from exactly. Germany. Exactly. Wild. Exactly. Wild. Yes. So it's also the most steampunk thing I can think of. It's like a little steam-powered haunted house. And I love the idea of a steampunk clown. Like, I don't know how we can make that happen, but. Well, that should never happen. And we're not, <laughs> and it won't happen in this household, but continue. We're going to skip a little bit ahead. Um. Oh, but by the way, that is also still an attraction. Uh, it's called the Honey, or no, Hollycomb Steam Collection now. Oh, I thought it was called the Honey Hole. Honey hole. It's a whorehouse. <laughs> it is another whore, whore house. It was. It started as a misunderstanding, and they just never had the nerve to correct anybody. They never had the balls. Hey. Well. hey. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to skip forward a little bit further. 
And we're going to skip across the pond and uh, take you to October 31st, 1933, in America. Scary. It was scary. It was called the Black Halloween. Ooh. This had been a trend for years. Young people around this time of year going out, vandalizing shit, smashing cars, harassing strangers. Ugh. Exactly. Horrible children. Horrible children. But this particular year... I mean, these bitches were sawing down phone poles. Wow. Yeah. That's wild. Like, yeah. The worst I ever did was, uh, I think I threw eggs at someone's house. Fuck. Best prank I ever heard of. Okay. I didn't do it, but some people did it, and it's genius. Like, this is how I knew I was dumb in high school, because I, all I could think about was just throwing eggs. No, these, <laughs> these fucking geniuses, it's called forking. So what happens is, and I can tell you it was to Mr. Fisher, okay, English teacher, everybody loved to hate him, okay, but these guys went and forked his yard. Like, he had a nice size yard, too, in the middle of town, and he just, like, like, how do you not notice you get three white kids out in your front yard with- well, babe. 20 boxes of fucking plastic forks. Babe, maybe the teacher was drinking and he was too forked up. Anyways, <laughs> when we asked him about it, he didn't really say anything. He said there was a, a nice surprise and he wouldn't have to uh, buy forks for a while after that. I hope he did use them. I hope that's... Dis no, that's disgusting. I hope he just mowed over them. <laughs> It's just like shrapnel yeah. of plastic. <laughs> and that's how he lost his eye. Got a lawsuit. The mailman was walking by and... Ding! Dead. That'll do it. Just kidding. That never happened. That last part didn't happen. That didn't happen. That was fictitious. What's the word? Facetious. Fictitious? Forktitious? Stop. Now you're reaching. <sighs> Back to it. The kids were really bad that year. Basically, Aren't kids bad every year though. Like, These kids were burning shit. Pumpkins and mm -mm. I mean that's punk rock. Okay, like you're just out there fucking uh, fire. Whoa. Oh, just me. Don't mind if I do. Or and, chop. And well, we're in America. Oh, so how I... did they talk in the '30s? Yeah. Yeah. Real, real good. Like. Yeah, we're gonna flip this car. See? Yeah. Hey, you see that car over there? <laughs> it's time. Hey, you're gonna get the flippins. Let's go flip the car. Telephone? Telefell. <laughs> With my telesaw. That's right. This was known as Black Halloween because of how fucking bad it was. This was a really stressful time for America. Um, we had barely oh, just gotten God, out. God, when isn't it? <laughs> You're not wrong. After all, the country just got out of the Great Depression and there were issues. So in a desperate plight to appease the youth... People started putting together their own haunted houses to offer an adrenaline burst without the property damage oh, to the I youth. actually hate that. Okay. What was that show we watched that talked about those stupid... Hell houses? Oh, God. It's like, the first hell house. Those people have something wrong with them. The like, evangelicals? The... I don't know what religion they are if they're evangelicals or whatever you know that's on you man but okay that's torturing people like that is a legal form of torture 
Like, if I have a safe word and you don't use my safe word. Oh, you're not talking wild. about Hell Houses. You're talking about like the McCamey Manor and yeah. shit. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. Is Hell House no. not the same as that place? Hell That's- Houses are the ones that the church has put on. And they oh. they have like abortion themed ones and shit. Whoa! Seriously. Okay. I mean, it's genius. It okay? is. If you're trying to tell someone like you're trying to scare the kids. Yeah. Don't have abortion. Mm-hmm. This is what happens. A doctor cuts into you. Yeah. They take a coat rack and. Okay, so in this one, the girl was like a teenager, and she had sex, and she got pregnant, <gasps> which was very scandalized. Yeah, and then yeah. all of a sudden, she was like nine months pregnant instantly. But she wanted an abortion, so she went to go get one, and the devil popped out of her and like chased Whoa, us out. That's how it happens, kids. So don't have don't sex. Don't get abortions. Oh. Oh, I mean the sex mm. part? Don't have sex with the devil? The other? <sighs> well, that's true. Anyway, this is um from an actual pamphlet from the 1930s. Oh, we got another picture here. Uh, mm. Well, it's just like a pasture, uh, passage. Oh. Oh, it's passage. Mm-hmm. Okay, it looks spooky. A so, spooky font. I don't know. It's actually a screenshot from the book. Oh, it's from a book called. That is terrifying font. That is very scary. What, sans, Sanskrit. <laughs> not definitely not Times New Roman. Um, it's from a book called Trick or Treat: A History of Halloween by Lisa Morton. Also, very shitty Halloween movie. Oh, it is shitty. His stupid little fucking bag head or whatever. Yeah, not scary. Lisa Morton had to say. It's hard to pinpoint the exact origins of what is known as the haunted attractions industry, but it probably had its rough beginnings in the 1930s when parents, anxious to divert the attention of pranking boys, created events like Trails of Terror. This description from a Trail of Terror from a party pamphlet of 1937 sounds uncannily similar to scenes that are standard in contemporary haunted houses. An outside entrance leads to a rendezvous with ghosts and witches in the sealer. <laughs> Ooh, a rendezvous. That's okay. right. Scandalous. That's right. Got it. In the sealer. No, the cellar. Or attic. You hang old fur, strips of raw liver on walls, where uh, one feels his way to dark steps. I just came up with the perfect money-making idea. Pin liver to the walls? Yep. Already did it. Not, no, like <laughs> for a Halloween house, that's terrifying. Like if you, if I, I would throw out up for a wall. And Are you, you fucking touched kidding? A liver, like just like they sell livers, right? If I touched meat, I would actually be yeah, very upset. It could be any meat; it doesn't even have to be liver. No, that's copyrighted, people. That's mm-hmm. TM. Okay, trademarked. Don't take my ideas. She goes on to s- the pamphlet. Goes on to say, weird moans and howls come from dark corners. Ugh. Damps- back to the whore house. <laughs> Damp sponges and hair nets hung from the ceiling and touch your face as you walk by. At one place, someone who is a guard dressed as a dog suddenly jumps out at you and barks and growls. Okay. Okay. Scary. Sounds very spooky. Sounds very scary. And that was shit they were putting on themselves, like DIY. And also, I bet there was a bit of revenge in there. Like, they're like, listen here, you little shit. You fucked up my car last year. I'm going to fucking scare the piss out of you. You remember when you sawed down my telephone pole and I didn't have cable for fucking weeks? Well, I hope you brought spare undies, sir. Because today is reckoning. Today. Now. Also, a great money-making idea. Sell depends at haunted houses. Done. Next. So in the 20th century, we're in 1958 now. The Grand Guignol Theater in Paris began to put on plays with scenes of gore. 
The theater's director, Max Mowry, would pen tales of graphic brain surgery, eyeballs gouged out with scissors, children strangled, and acid burned women getting their final revenge, per the Grand Guignol Horrors Gory Church by Devin Faraci in an article I read on birthmoviesdeath.com. Now work, it had work excited, baby. That's right, baby. So now it had broken through to the theaters. People were gathering to watch basically what is the first horror movie in Paris. This happened at the same time of the end of the Fourth Republic. Um, Ooh, we went from Lord of the Rings to Star Wars right there. France was at war with Algeria in a battle that Wikipedia describes as going poorly, and that could mean anything. I can tell you exactly what that means. The French are no good at well, fighting. So everyone was apparently on the same page as you and were very upset. They were planning to like fucking bomb Paris and shit, but literally when the rebellion got there, the French government was like, you know what? You're right. We suck. And we got murder theater live. Murder theater. So this is what I'd like to consider the first horror movie. Um, another form of, or another example of scarapy you know, political unrest and uncertainty and people using this to escape. Also, kind of a fun fact, that guy, uh, Max Mari. Max, yep. Mm-hmm. Max Mari, the director at the Guignol Theater, would measure his success for the night based on how many people he could scare into passing out. I mean, that is... You you won. I mean, like, if someone passes out in your haunted house, like, kudos to you, man. Oh, yeah. Like, Well, and they were doing shit like theatrical shit like they would fake behead people they would have like you know shit where like how they have the people, two people in the box and they saw them exactly exactly yeah. people had never seen shit like that before and also by the way if i scared you till you'd pass it out i would definitely call 911 immediately so the haunted house was a tempting attraction for many it seems the more afraid we really are in our everyday lives the greater our appetite for fright becomes what I'm trying to show you is that human beings need scarapy. I'm not convinced. You're not uh, convinced? I think that the world should be filled with rainbows and fucking butterflies and puppies and kittens. Okay. If you had a bunch of puppies and kittens, mm-hmm. isn't that better than a bunch of ghosts and dead people? Bunch of puppies and kittens, but one channel where like the grudge is on. No. The Haunted House and Scarapy as a whole didn't become an iconic staple until a certain monopolic mouse took a hold of it. Minnie Mouse. Mickey Mouse. Yes. What? That's right. The first day the Haunted Mansion opened in 1969, 82,000 people took a break from protesting for civil rights or against the Vietnam War, and they went through this evergreen-style Winchester mansion. So what you're saying is, once again... Distracted the human people, the American people, from what's important, and they wanted to go get their kicks and their rocks off being scared. That's exactly Fucking right. Typical. Scarapy, baby. We're here for it. No. Have you ever been on that ride, The Haunted Mansion? No, but it's a very great movie with Eddie Murphy. Love it. One of, probably one of his last movies he made before he went silent. Remember when he had that song? Oh, you remember. Oh, I We remember. love that song. I remember. How's That's- that song go? My girl likes to party all the time, party all the time, party all the time. Since you've never been on it, basically there's this ballroom and Uh they use... In the horror house. In the horror house. (laughs) And they use all these mirrors and lights to make it 
it's like a hologram of like ghosts fucking dancing and shit. And it's like huge. And when I was a kid, oh my God, fucking, I, this is why I'm a sicko. My parents let me get on that ride when I was like fucking four. And I remember. Wait, so you ride something through, you don't walk through it? No, you sit on this little like ditty and it like, so you can't even like run through it, which was like the part that was extra scary. That's why I like scary houses. Cause if you get scared, you can just run. Okay. This yeah. It's a little more terrifying. It is, but it's also not cause it's Disney, but it was very like scary. Eddie Murphy movie and he's not very scary. This illusion is called a pepper's ghost and it's the stuff of fucking legends. This is what made haunted houses go from, you know, a rubber witch and a sheet ghost what to like, me? <laughs> to like full body and psychological full engulfing fucking horror. So the rest of the history, I feel like I don't really have to explain. Um, America blatantly loves scary shit. We love a slasher movie. Pretty much any movie you can call a cult classic, it's pretty much Americans that are the cult members. America's regular box office is a speech bubble, and America's horror box office is the thought bubble. It reflects the true values and fears of people that can't be said out loud. That's why we used to see stereotypes like the black person dying first, the slut getting murdered when she takes her titties out, the dumb jock putting up a fight but getting murdered by the either disfigured white man or nerd out for revenge. Look, all I can say is jock versus nerd. I choose jock every time. Right on. Gotta stay true to the jock. I respect you. Why can't there be a movie... I mean, I guess those are just action movies. Where True. Some good-looking jock just fucking wrecking. People. That is literally an That's action a movie. Steven Seagal, John Claude Van Damme movie right there. Like, dang. So I mean, I guess those movies exist. They exist. I think in 2020, the horror stereotypes have changed a little. In 2020 horror movies. It's fucking tight-jeaned, skinny boys running, trying to get away from. I don't know. A plague or something well i think a lot of times the women are the villains now and it's weird now they're the villains yes more than they used to be but this one in particular like what i'm seeing now is like womanhood or puberty being the villain or it's scary it is and then of course you know we see a lot less i mean i feel like people of color and black people in particular are not just half-developed racial stereotypes in horror movies. They're actually characters treated like human beings. Yeah, that's good because before, you know, perpetuated the cycle. Mm -hmm. And I do also love that the 2000s, uh, well, let's not say the 2000s, but more recently, um, the revenge genre has really come out, which I feel like is awesome. I think it says a lot about America that revenge genres are so popular here. You mean like the... You're talking about the green room. This is where you're going with this. Green That's room a, could be considered a revenge, a revenge genre. Revenge. I love it. You're just like, ah, get him. I know it's problematic, but I love it. I'm just like, yes, girl, please go. Please get you some. I'm done. Deal. If that was the ending of Hereditary, awesome. But no. That movie was A bunch fucked. of old, saggy, naked Titties. white people out there just fucking, oh, look at the cult. That's the marijuana, folks. It's marijuana. To sum it all up, still in 2020, we deal with our day-to-day anxieties and fears the old-fashioned way, scaring the shit out of ourselves, listening to true crime podcasts, you know, listening to ghost stories, ghosts, ghosts, watching scary movies. 
listening to the horror comedy podcast. I can't say the words. You know that? This would be a great intro episode. It is. Oh, this is what this is? Like, yes, baby. Oh. <laughs> you like that? I'm so aloof. You're so aloof. Fear it's is a control. That's right, baby. Fear is a controlled small burst of chaos, which we can easily conquer the second we turn off the podcast or change the channel. Fear is you practicing and testing your instincts and making sure that they still work. It's proof that you can do the thing, and it's the spark inside of you that asks you, could you survive that? Fear is important. Mm. Yeah, I, I agree that fear is useful. Useful. Kay. It's a gift. All right. Slow down. Okay. I think that fear is useful. Okay. Mm -hmm. If I think conquering your fears makes you stronger, mm -hmm. whether it be deciding to leave your job. Yes. That's very scary. It is. You know? And you decide to do that, you've conquered that fear, mm -hmm. you know? It's, what's scary is the unknown. Exactly. The uncertainty. Mm -hmm. The, the mystery. Realtor. So sometimes we need little. A realtor sells houses. <laughs> yeah, I'm done with you right got now. It. Got him. <laughs> fear is one of my passions. Like you said, life is very scary and uncertain sometimes in the things that we have to do. Um, so I think it's really important sometimes to just smoke some weed and then retreat into a world where you don't know what to expect. <laughs> I'm your Scarapist now. Welcome to Scarapy. This is your first session. Um, and thanks for listening to the Horror Comedy Podcast. We really appreciate you. And um, we're going to take a quick smoke break. And then when we come back, I'm going to tell you guys some fucking scary stories. Ooh, to the smoke break, not to the scary stories. What happened? We smoked a caviar joint. Okay. You may be asking, what is caviar? What actually is it? Caviar is choice bud soaked in a concentrate, whether it be hash oil, distillate, whatever, and covered in keef. It's good if you don't like, if you're a purist like me and you don't like getting nuclear high, caviar is a nice medium. This story takes place when I was in the wannabe Boy Scouts group linked to the U.S. Boy Scouts, but a cheap version of it. They organized this huge road trip to my friend's natural reserve because camping survival and all that shit. All right. Important. Great. It's awesome. I met this kid, and I can't remember his name, so let's call him X. X is a year younger than me. This happened when I was about nine, by the way. X is pretty cool. He's fun and adventurous. I spent my day with him. We ran around the woods and played, and before I knew it, he was my best friend. Eventually, it started to get dark, and then night fell. He says, I'm going to go for a walk. Can you come with me? Oh, foolish. Uh, but it's dark, and there's no lights, and I'm a big fucking bitch, so no. And I beg him not to go, but he goes anyway. And a couple of hours pass, and the woods are quiet. And the horizon's dark. And X doesn't come back. I start telling people. X went into the woods and is gone. Everyone flips shit. They make search groups. People they get their flashlights. Flipped over their tents 
and tables. And their cesspools. And their cesspools. <laughs> and they were like, he's not under here. <laughs> After a while, they call me out. They let me know that there was no kid with that name on the list of kids that came on the trip. They never believed me. And I dreamed about X for days. My friends told me I spent the day alone. The day we left. Because you're a nerd. <laughs> Loser. <laughs> <laughs> you ain't got no friends. Uh, the day we left, I looked back and saw X in the forest waving goodbye to me. I told everyone he's there, but by the time everyone looked, he was gone. And everyone thought I was crazy. I still don't know what is wrong with that place. It's way more urbanized than it used to be, but every time I go back, I get this eerie feeling, especially after Hurricane Stan, when the flood killed a bunch of people and buried them, and their bodies were never found. Well, X now has parents. Maybe now he's got some buddies out there. He's, well, actually, he's probably like 20, what do you say, he was a young, younger dude? Yeah, so he might have so moved he's out. 20, no, no, he still lives there. You said it's urbanized. It's 24, he's living in a two-bedroom condo. That's right. He's got a wife. He's got a wife. Ghost a wife. fucking ghost wife. And Patrick Swayze's chilling, making pottery in, over there. Oh. Movie ghost. And they're like spooning while they do it. That's really nice. Yeah. Um. This, this is kind of a funny story, but... I also, it comes with a question. Have you ever had, like, a glitch in the Matrix? Uh, like, me personally? Yeah. Um, I mean, I've had feelings of deja vu. That is some freaky and shit. And now that's definitely when they change something in the Matrix. Definitely. So, and it's not, it's like a weird feeling. Parallel universe? I don't know. What is deja vu? Deja vu is when you have like the feeling that you've done this before, like the yeah. You sure it's just not a titty bar on I twenty five? What is deja vu? Oh, wonder if they have any parallel shits in there. Her name is not parallel. It's Mercedes. (laughs) 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 Okay, so I'm gonna tell you a glitch in the Matrix story. I'm in high school. It's after school, and everyone is at an art show. My sister and I are hanging out in an empty art classroom. She takes out a sandwich that she didn't eat at lunchtime and takes a bite, and then decides she's not hungry enough to finish it and puts it back in her bag. Can't relate. I've never done that. Never Always eat, eat the whole sandwich. No, I eat the whole sandwich. Oh, sandwich, yeah. Always. Always. <laughs> Amateurs. Fool. <laughs> So a little later, she decides she does want the sandwich, and she looks through her bag, but the sandwich is nowhere to be found. All right, I'm terrified right now, okay? First (laughs) off, don't touch my fucking sandwich. And how did it even get out of my backpack? How? How? So she dumps out the entire contents of her bag, pats herself down as if the sandwich would be in her pocket, just saying. Uh, But the sandwich is gone. Sandwich pocket. It's gone. It's not in her sandwich pocket. TM. Gone. You should... Come up with that. TM. Done. On the bus ride home, we decide she must have thrown it away and, like, forgot about it or some shit. But when we got home, we went to my sister's room, and we saw that the sandwich was lying in the middle of her bed. (gasps) The same fucking sandwich cut the same fucking way with the same exact bites taken out of it. Are you scared? I'm actually kind of scared. Confused. How did the sandwich get back? It's a glitch. In the Matrix? Yeah. 
I mean, first off, okay, how did the sandwich get home before they did? Right. Okay. A glitch. Glitch. One time my cat, Fred. time continuum. Yes. Okay, so like one time me and my dad were at home with my cat, Fred, because Mm -hmm. he lived there, and so did we. (laughs) That's usually what happens with cats. They live in the same space as you, so they'd be filthy. Yeah. So my dad really was like not a cat guy and would Mm -hmm. not let this cat on the counter. And um, I was, I just got home and I put my shit down and I was about to go up the stairs, but I seen Fred jump on the counter and my dad got up from the couch to go like shoo him off or whatever. And I'm not fucking kidding. He wasn't there. My dad was like, well, what the fuck? And I seen him come down the fucking stairs. The cat. Uh, That's scary. It did scare the fuck out of me. And I told him and he was freaked out too. And he's like, Mm. not like that. So he's like, so not like that. He's like, so not like that. Um, <laughs> this is the last story, and it's okay. the scariest one. Last story. This one actually story got me. When I was 15, my parents threw me out of the house. Puberty. <laughs> my parents, Terrifying. My parents threw me out of the house at midnight because they found drugs in my room. Ooh. Scandalous. I said, like I give a fuck, bitch. And I packed my backpack. Fucking millennials. That's right. And I got my sleeping bag. And I said, fuck it. It's summer. Summer about to be a movie. So I'm going to sleep outside. And it's no fucking problem. All right? So I go outside. And I find this quiet, lonely little spot in an industrial part of town. Oh, my God. I put my sleeping bag down on the edge of the parking lot that borders the building. It's a cozy little alcove with a cover. So I go to sleep. I was a little scared being so alone and quiet, but I fell asleep. And I woke up to hear the sound of liquid pattering down onto my sleeping bag. Girl, she pissed herself. I thought, fuck the rain. But then I realized it can't be rain. I'm under a cover in the alcove. So I poke my head out of the sleeping bag, and there's a guy fucking pissing on me. And it's pee. He was pissing on me. I said, what the fuck are you doing? True terror. And I yelled at him for being a creep, and I got out of the sleeping bag to whoop his ass. He runs off. My fucking piss-soaked sleeping bag. God fucking damn it. The last thing I had in this fucking world. And I pick it up, and I bring it to my nose, and it doesn't smell like piss. It's gasoline. Oh, spooky. Isn't that creepy as fuck? They were about to get lit on fucking fire. For no reason. Yeah. That fucking got me. The worst day ever, by the way. You almost got light on fire and your parents took your drugs and kicked you out. Like, I hope they at least let that person keep their drugs. If they were going to kick them out. No, that's not how that works. Yeah, but you're not doing the drugs. Your parents take the drugs and then they do the drugs. Oh. Your parents are the worst. The worst. So it's getting lit on fire. Anyway, thanks for listening to the Horror Comedy Podcast. I really appreciate you guys. I'm really fucking excited to be doing this. And um, Jake, are you scared? No. Oh. Maybe next episode.